Welcome to the Renal Diet Headquarters podcast with your host, Mathia Ford, CEO of Renal Diet Headquarters. This is our weekly talk about how you can succeed with a kidney diet. Brought to you by RenalDietHQ.com, a website whose mission is to be the most valued resource on kidney disease that people can use to improve their health. Hi, this is Mathia Ford with the Renal Diet Headquarters podcast. This week we're doing podcast number 17, set to be released on April 16th, 2014, the day after tax day. I hope you had a good tax day if you were doing it at the last minute or if you did it ahead of time. Maybe you just watched everybody else scramble and thought, wow, I'm glad I did a little head. So we got ours done in March and uh, so I was kind of like, oh, wow, it's tax day. So Um, Thanks for listening this week, and if you need to find out more information about the podcast, you can find all the links and all the information that I talk talk about at www.renaldiethq.com forward slash 017, and that's where you'll, you'll find all the notes and all the links and everything. Okay, so I hope you are having a great week, and... Today we're going to talk about three things. I'm going to remind you about the caregiver guide that we have coming out for chronic kidney disease, and I'm going to talk about the new anemia book that I just released on Amazon, and then we're going to talk about improving yourself and improving your stress. So let's get started. Number one, the caregiver guide for chronic kidney disease is almost completed, and I know I said I'd have it done on April 15th, but I'm not quite done, but if you sign up for it, there will be parts of it in the members area, and um, you'll be able to get in and get those, and then still coming, I'm getting finished up with the reflexology book and some other of the worksheets. I actually thought of some really great worksheets today, and so I'm kind of adding those at the last minute, but one of them is going to be a sheet that you should take with you to the doctor that kind of is a good way to do your medical history and um, medications. And it's kind of in the doctor's language, so it'll be the way that they expect to read something. Because isn't it just so frustrating when you go to the doctor and you talk to them again, or maybe you're talking to the nurse or whatever, you have to go see a new doctor, and they're like, okay, tell me your medical history or tell me all about this. Have you had any surgeries? Have you had this? Have you had that? And most likely you've had multiple things and it's it would be kind of nice just to have that to give to them. So I'm going to add that in there along with the other worksheets that I'm doing. And so this book is going to have like information on chronic kidney disease. It's going to have a little guide kind of how caregivers should act and a little bit about home health and just some information in general dealing with stress and depression and kidney disease. And then There's a little story, like I said, about Mrs. Murray, and then it's going to have an aromatherapy section that is tailored to people with chronic kidney disease, and it goes into great detail about how to use aromatherapy oils for um, chronic kidney disease treatment. There's a reflexology book that we're finishing up, and then there's a book on, on craniosacral therapy, which is a little bit of a touch massage type therapy. All of these are alternative therapies that are made to make it so that you can kind of get the most from them without affecting your medical things that your doctor's doing, but to kind of aid in that. 
What I found is I, I suffer from chronic migraines and I mean, I, I can suffer 15 days of the month. I can have a migraine and just be in bed asleep and not able to, to operate. And that's what makes it difficult sometimes. But what I found is that if I was able to, I started going to a chiropractor and I started going to physical therapy, which are not necessarily alternative medications, but, or medications or treatments, but the chiropractor is kind of alternative. And he really helped me find some good relief from the, from the chronic migraines. And then doing physical therapy, we found that I had some muscular imbalances in my neck and that were causing this tightness in the backside of my neck, which was contributing to migraines as well. So I've actually seen quite a bit of improvement, not through taking more medication. So that's kind of what inspired me to create this caregiver guide with all the alternative stuff in it because sometimes I was never expecting, I went to see the physical therapist about a completely different issue. And after about two weeks, I realized, wait a minute, I've only had a couple migraines. And so it was significant improvement. So I think through some of these alternative therapies, you can help um, people be able to tolerate it. I'm not able to get rid of my migraine medicine all the way, but it does help to not have to take so much. Okay, so that caregiver guide should be out in the next week. I will be sending you an email if you're on my email list. And if you need to get on my email list, it talks about it at the end, but it's renaldiethq.com forward slash go forward slash email. Um, the caregiver guide is www.renaldiethq.com forward slash go forward slash caregiver. And right now you're going to get a physical book and it's going to be um, $47 when it's released. And then it's going to slowly work its way up to at least 97, if not 147. So those, those books will be available soon and, and it'll be a physical copy and there'll also be an area online that you'll be able to just get the um, files if you need them. If you lose like worksheets or something, there'll be a CD with worksheets on it. But if you're having difficulty, you'll be able to go online. Uh, number two. This week, I finished up my book number 11 for the Renal Diet HQIQ series, and it is on anemia. And I know that a lot of people, whether they're on dialysis or not, as you get into the later stages of chronic kidney disease, you do suffer from anemia most of the time. And you give, you know, you're getting your blood taken on a regular basis. Your kidneys are not producing the proper hormones that help you to make more red blood cells. And this book explains all those things. It's a, it's a light read. It's 50 pages or something, but it talks about treating it. It talks about some of the foods that you can eat. It even goes into the detail about how much potassium and phosphorus is in some of the different foods. So if you're having difficulty with potassium or phosphorus, and yet you need to find some high iron foods to eat. This book has them in there and it talks about the treatments. It talks about the ESAs like ethropoietin, EPO, EPOGEN, and um, all those drugs that people can get to help them as well as, you know, whether blood transfusions are the right answer anymore. So um, that book is out. It's on Amazon and it's going to be at www.renaldiethq.com 
dot com forward slash go forward slash anemia. And that is spelled A-N-E-M-I-A. And I'll have that up and it'll drink link directly to there. I believe it's $7.99 for the paperback and like $3.99 or $4.99 for the Kindle. I can't remember off the top of my head. And I also have this one set up. So if you buy the paperback book, I think you can get the Kindle one for like 99 cents. So if you want to get both, it's really, really convenient for you. But that's something that I worked on and got released this book this week. And so one more book on Kindle. And we're I'm excited about that and on Amazon. And then, um, as you remember, this month is all about stress and dealing with stress and lowering your stress. And this week, I wanted to talk about improving yourself and improving your stress level. Because I think things that contribute to our stress level... Sometimes we can adjust personally and those will help to uh, deal with our overall stress level. Because somewhere on your way to the rest of your life, you realize that things, you know, I'm sure nobody really planned on getting chronic kidney disease. You, You suffer from chronic kidney disease, money woes, maybe your marriage is having problems or whatever is causing you stress. Everything about a chronic disease can can cause stress in your life. It's the kind of things that makes you sit up and take notice and to seek help before it gets the best of you. Some things you can work on making better. If you need to stop spending money, you can develop a savings plan. But some stress is derived from the inside out. And it's the kind of anxiety you have about who you are as a person compared to who you'd always hoped you'd be. It might be stress from feeling like you're a burden to people. It might be stress from feeling like you have to deal with this disease and you didn't want it. Maybe you're still angry or mad or frustrated. And you those bring stress on. As time passes, you'll be facing your fair share of obstacles. You may have to repair relationships, change or adjust your career, or learn some new coping skills to help you deal with um, being a chronic kidney disease patient. But if you take this step first, the step to becoming the kind of person you want to be, it'll make facing those stress factors a whole lot easier. In fact, when you devote time to making your own self better, many of the things you're stressed about now will just disappear. And you don't need an expensive therapist or rock climbing rock climbing with a uh, group you aren't in denial about what's bothering you. You kind of know what's bothering you. You just need a little help analyzing yourself and taking action to become a little better at handling the stress. So um, becoming your best self. Be all you can be. Of course, you don't have to go to boot camp like the Army says to make that happen. That's yeah, the Army slogan, be all you can be or Army of One or whatever it is now. You can create a self-care boot camp at home, which is a little bit gentler than a soldier's version. One aspect of boot camp, by the way, I have to tell you, if you're sending someone to boot camp, there's this really good book on Amazon that um, I know the author and she wrote a really good book about being a mom with a kid in boot camp and it's called, um, oh gosh, I can't remember, but it's by Molly Allen, M-O-L-L-Y-A-L-L-E-N. And I'll put a link to it in the show notes about that. But anyway, just a little side note. Um, (laughs) Sorry. One aspect of boot camp is that you want to copy is the intense personal training regimen, which focuses on building the better you. So, 
start at. Number one, daydream on paper. Take a page aligned notebook paper and fold it in half. Using the right side only, write a description of your ideal self. Don't stop to be critical or analyze anything you write. So write down specific things. Instead of saying, I would like to weigh less, you can say, I weigh 30 pounds less. Rather than saying, I have a better job, you can say, I received a promotion to manage the inside sales department. Or you might say, I'm a... Um, my hemoglobin is where it needs to be and my um, I've lost 30 pounds and I exercise 30 minutes a day, something like that, that will help you to be very specific. Now, when you've listed everything possible on the ideal self side, turn to the other side and title it real self. Again, without being, you know, personally critical, you're just looking at yourself as a, in a rational way. Describe who you are today. What is your career? Where do you live? What motivates you and keeps you going every day? Describe your physical self physically and emotionally. So you may say, I weigh this amount and I, um, you know, eat unhealthy or uh, I, I eat too much sugar. Or maybe you're going to say, I don't exercise. Um, I'm not happy in my job. Or if you are happy in your job, but maybe chronic kidney disease is kind of affecting you. You're, you could say something like, I, I have too many sick days and I want to improve that. But open both sides and compare it. With a bold pen or highlighter, draw lines between the items that are similar as if you were playing a matching game. Then look seriously at how far your quote-unquote real self is from your ideal self. In some instances, the distance between real and self, real self and ideal isn't very far. In others, it's a pretty big way. So choose the three, choose three of the ideal comparisons with, to help as your self-help priorities. Save that list for later because you'll be using the rest of it too. But just be honest with yourself. Don't think, oh, you know, nobody's got to read this. It's all just for you. Um, but then start to make that transformation. And after you complete one transformation, you're going to choose another goal. So these priorities become self-improvement goals. You might be able to learn a new computer skill in a few weeks by attending a class or even going online. There's a wonderful website to learn computer stuff at a website called code.org, C-O-D-E.org, and it is awesome. It has great information about learning computer stuff, or if you want to um, lose weight, you know, you you need to set an exercise goal. Maybe you'll be like, I'm going to try to exercise 30 minutes a day. Um, but you need to know what's important and where you want to start and just start on one thing, and that will help you get less stress in your life. Losing weight, for example, is going to take you more time. So, you you know, you could learn to code on the computer in in one week. Um, you'd probably lose a pound in a week if you exercised every day and watched what you eat. So what's important is that you have that goal and you can plot a direction. And what I also think is important is breaking it down into daily actions that become more like habits. When you think of the big you know, I need to lose 30 pounds or I need to lose 50 pounds or even I need to lose five. You need to think of it in those um, smaller chunks like I'm going to 
exercise 30 minutes a day and then just try to get in that habit and get that going. And then I'm not going to eat snacks at work or I'm not going to buy candy at work or something. That's my big thing. I always go to the vending machine and buy candy even when I'm trying to be good. So, um, what's really important is that you do have a goal and you can plot a direction. Your real self will merge into your ideal self. This is knowing where you're going. And so some of the stress we have in our life is because we've got this, you know, mismatch between where we want to be and what we are, and we never identify the differences and how we're going to get there. So this is one of those big things you're going to do. You're going to identify how you're going to get there to be that person that you want to be, because you can be what you want to be as long as it's realistic. Obviously, you know, if you didn't start playing golf at the age of three, you're not going to be Tiger Woods now, but you could have a goal of playing, you know, nine, nine holes walking or, you know, because that could be a healthy goal as far as, or I'm going to, you know, practice 30 minutes or something a day, but you won't have the stress of always being dissatisfied with how your life's unfolding. You're instead of feeling like a victim, you're going to take control over that. So number two, make a future timelines. Timelines are a great way to look back over your life and your career. So start by making a timeline of your personal life or career life, whichever is most important for you and causes more stress in your life actually. And one way to really see where you came from is to make the timeline on a poster board and add photos or other graphic images that reflect the events. You might be surprised as you recall strengths and abilities that you forgot you had from past experiences. So maybe in the past you were really good and you volunteered and you did certain things or maybe when you were younger you liked to paint or to draw and remembering some of that, you might be like, you know, I would probably really enjoy it if I did that again on a more regular basis. And that's something you can think about looking at putting into your ideal self. Um, Okay. And then, so you're going to do the past and kind of look at where you've come from. And then you're going to get another poster board and create your future timeline. And here's where you plan the life you want. You already listed out your ideal self. So you just do your future timeline. And that life is going to be obviously planning the one that provides you satisfaction instead of stress. So if you're on dialysis and one of your goals is going to be to, um, you know, do home dialysis so you have a little more freedom and you're able to travel. If you really want to travel, you can do that. You just may have to do home dialysis. Um, Mark increments on the timeline in one to five years and then five year increments. So, you know, if you know you're going to learn some computer classes or you're like in a year, I'm going to weigh 50 pounds less or something like that, mark that down. Let yourself know, okay, this is about how long it's going to take. And then go ahead and dream. If money wasn't an obstacle, what kind of career would you have in five years? If the funds were magically available for you to return to college or graduate school, what would you want to study? I mean, it's never too late. You can always go back and study. It doesn't matter. You you can help somebody in some way by doing what you want to do and by being happy with what you're doing. What degree would you earn? What job would you have after earning that degree? Do some online research into that degree or training program to discover the average time involved to complete that program. Once you've finished, set up the past timeline on the left and the future timeline on the right. Prop them up against a wall in your home where you can just look at them for a week 
And this is honestly one of those subconscious things, like actually lining it out on paper, it makes a huge amount of difference. And then your brain just starts to work on how it can get there, how it can get there. As you mull over those ideas, you'll find yourself focusing on a few areas over and over. And I think that that's your subconscious mind kind of sending you a message, which is like, hey, this is really what you want to do. So if you want to be a singer in a year, then you need to get some singing lessons or whatever. But don't try to figure out how. Just right now you need to know what you want to do and what you want to be. Save your future timeline and mark off the changes you chose to make in your life. In five years, you will be where you projected or even beyond that point if you keep it forefront, you keep your eye on that goal. And as long as you focus on being your best self and reaching your goals and not achieving someone else's goals for you, you'll progress in your future timeline. Now, so those are the two steps in the first thing about becoming your best self. Daydream on paper and then make a future timeline. So now we're going to talk about improving your body. When you're trying to lessen the stress you feel, it's important for your body to be able to help your mind relax. Our modern lifestyles are so busy and crowded that fitness often takes a backseat to everything else on the daily to-do list. If nothing else will bolster your goal to exercise, think of it as the best all-natural stress reliever, which it is. Exercise is great for that. You may be used to working 40 hours plus overtime, then rushing home to cook dinner, and if you have children, driving them to sports and activities, or grandchildren that might be needing some activities, and you may be helping your children get them around. A 10-minute uninterrupted shower might be the only relaxation time you get in a day before falling exhausted into bed at night. But... That is a choice. So number one, take an honest look at your fitness. Honestly, fitness, just doing some activity, exercise, I explained it last week, it is a wonderful way to reduce stress. And most gyms are glad to give you a free visit, free week, even some of them a month. And, you know, we have this gym around here. It's called like 10 Gym. And it's like 10 bucks a month without an, a contract. So, I mean, that's very cheap. And during that trial period, ask for a fitness evaluation. Are you winded after 10 minutes on the treadmill? Even if you are, and you can get someone to help you make a fitness plan, or even just make a simple one yourself of, I'm going to walk for this 30 minutes, or I'm going to get to where I can walk 30 minutes. Don't worry about where you are today. Just know where you want to be. Did, when you get this tread, this fitness evaluation, Did you measure a little more body fat than you realized? Are you stretched to the limit with work but unable to do muscle relaxing stretches? Another fast track approach to fitness is to hire a personal trainer for a series of personal workouts if you can afford it. Once you learn which exercises are right for your fitness goals and practice the right way to do those exercises, you can work out on your own. So a fitness trainer is kind of like a short term, almost like a dietitian like what the renal diet headquarters program is, you you learn what you need to get with that program and then you can kind of do it yourself after that, but you, you figure out what's good for you. So take be honest with yourself about your fitness. Look at your day. How much time are you wasting? What are you doing? Are there better ways to 
you know, do some things. Can you make sandwiches the night before and then you're not rushing home and making sandwiches for everybody when you get home? Um, there's lots of things that you can do that if you just thought through them a little better, you could squeeze that fitness in. Okay, number two, curb harmful habits. If you think going outside to smoke or chugging cans of highly caffeinated drinks are ways to deal with stress, you're fooling yourself. These are likely to create more health problems and more stress. And absolutely, if you have chronic kidney disease, you should not be drinking um, any anything that's going to be like a dark soda. You want to move towards the lighter colored sodas. And you want to limit that as much as you can. Drink more water. And if you smoke, I encourage you strongly to do the best you can to quit. It's just um, not very healthy for you. Take an honest look at the way you cope with stress. Think about what you're doing when someone stresses you out. I, I can tell you today, I personally got really stressed out at work. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to go get chocolate. I just can't do it. I, I got to go get some chocolate. And I knew at that moment that I was giving into that stress and that's how I was trying to cope with it. But that's what I did. Um, smoking, drinking, drugs, caffeine, food, food binges. Those are all reckless choices with long-term health consequences. And even for somebody with chronic kidney disease, just short-term, it could affect you right away. You're setting out to reach new goals and dreams and you need to be in health to enjoy those positive life changes, doing what you can. Start with learning all you can about your harmful coping method. Knowledge is power. While researching, look for local support groups. If you can't find one, join an online support group. And I'm going to, in the near future, come up with some online support groups. But um, we have a chronic kidney disease caregiver guide uh, work uh, Facebook group. I'm sorry. Facebook group that will help you if you want. And so you can join that and I'll put the link to the Facebook group in the show notes. Um, so you can sign up for that if you want, but let's talk about some things you can do for some more complex issues. Self-help begins when you admit that you need help and seek others who can support your changes. An important way to avoid negative coping methods is to nourish and train your body for optimal health. You'll almost not enjoy those things in the same way once you're working on being healthier. Getting enough sleep each night is very important. You need at least eight hours of sleep, particularly if you have a physically or mentally demanding job that weighs you down with stress. Turn off the television. Stop instant messaging or playing the online games to relax. Your body needs a period of calm before bedtime to prepare for sleep. Falling asleep with the television running in the background is not the right preparation for quality of sleep. And I used to do that all the time. And I'm actually, I've worked really hard at it. But now I can shut off the TV and go to sleep. It's, it's just a wonderful thing because it really does help me go to sleep quicker. I'm not stimulated by that television. Be careful not to overcommit and stretch yourself thin. This will only add more stress if you fail to meet your goals. Learn to say no. The most capable people are at risk for this because you think, sure, I can bake five dozen cupcakes for the preschool party tomorrow and then run out to an all-night grocery store for supplies. Just learn just to say no. Say no before you even want to say yes, and then if you can later, say, I'd be willing to help with that, but... Don't feel like it should be on your shoulders, especially if you have a lot of stress and you're dealing with health problems. 
Consider this your declaration of independence. You have a right to have quiet time. You have a right to relax at home. You have the right to socialize with friends and not answer those text messages. If you want your life back, take it back. Your health depends on it. So think about, stop doing everything for everybody else. You are not doing anybody any favors, your children, your grandchildren, anybody, by getting sicker and sicker. The best thing you can do is take a moment and say, no, I can't do that. I have to take care of myself. Okay, improving your mental outlook. The most physically fit body goes nowhere if your mental outlook outlook is bleak. You have to believe in yourself to turn your goals into new realities. Even positive people are hit with difficulties that are hard to manage. That's when you need self-help, stress-busting approaches to bolster your mood. What time of year is it? Number one, think about that. Some people notice a real change in overall outlook during the winter months. Why? There's just not enough as much sunlight. If you leave early for work while it's still dark outside, spend the day inside a windowless office and return home after the sun sets, which in the winter, to be completely honest, is not that hard to do, you're truly light deprived. And it can make you depressed. It can make you sad. That problem is known as seasonal affective disorder and it can be helped by placing the light bulbs in your home with full can be helped by replacing the light bulbs in your home with full spectrum light bulbs. These bulbs are designed to give off healthy light rays similar to the sun. If possible, get a small desk lamp for your office and also use a full spectrum light bulb. Go outside the office or home for lunch. Even if the weather's cool, put on a jacket because the sun and fresh air are good for you lifting your mood and keeping helping you release that stress. On the weekends, plan a little bit of an outdoor activity. Take the children to the park. Start tennis lessons. If it's cold enough, take outdoor skating lessons. Just get outside. Do a little bit outside if you can. Number two, face your fears. So this is mental. Do your hands get clammy and your throat dry and your mind take you back to your worst day in sixth grade each time you have to speak in front of a group? I know my hands do. Um, you might suffer from stress surrounding certain events. People at work or in the civic group want to hear what you have to say. Sign up for a local Toastmasters group, possibly, and take the first step to conquer your, conquer your fear of public speaking. I'm going to do that because I really want to get to speak to more groups and um, doing this podcast is really helping me with that. But I think I'm going to try to sign up for Toastmasters and do some speaking as well. Did you turn down a great job because the office was on the 25th floor and you're scared to ride elevators in tall buildings? Climbing the stairs daily might be good for your legs, but it takes time and just isn't practical. You can work with a therapist to face this fear and get over irrational stress. Or you can do your own version of systematic desensitization. That's a therapy technique in which you gradually gradually face a fear a little bit at a time until you finally overcome it. Ask a trusted friend to go with you as you work on this. Think about what the real, real fear is. That you'll get stuck or that it will plummet to the ground floor when the cable suddenly snaps? Write a detailed description of the phobia that's causing you undue stress. How does it begin, progress, and what does it feel like at its worst? 
Recognize that these are feelings that repeat. So when you get into an elevator and your heart starts beating faster, you're not having a heart attack. It is a fear and a stress reaction. You're feeling what you expected to feel on based on past experience. Once you have your fear feeling pattern worked out, you know what to expect. Ask your friend to ride with you in an elevator to the second floor, then back down again. Repeat that trip. Then go up to the fourth floor. If you're seriously in a stress-filled panic, take the stairs back down. Or if riding down is easier than riding up, start by walking to the fourth floor and riding down. I mean, overcoming a little bit of those fears can reduce a lot of stress. Little by little, increase your ability to handle the stress by pushing yourself a little further each time. You can conquer your fears when you name them, examine them, research them, and set a plan to meet them. Over time, you'll notice your stress level doesn't rise as high when you're faced with that particular obstacle. Maybe you find it's very stressful to go to the dialysis clinic, or maybe you're very stressed to go to the doctor's office, and just think through what it is that's so stressful, and if it's that you don't know what they're going to say, or you're scared that they're going to tell you something that you're not going to like. Yeah, you may not like it, but it's probably something you need to hear and then you can deal with it. All the change comes from the inside. Whether you pay the most attention and most expensive celebrity therapist to work with you, attend a support group, or make your own plan to overcome a problem in life, you are the keys to your own success. If you don't want to do it, it's not going to work. Another thing about self-help help is that it's a confidence booster. I'm sorry, my mouth's a little dry. The most irritable client, difficult project, or toughest exam is small potatoes compared to taking actions that make a difference in the direction of your life. Since living your life really is all about you, take charge of that direction by finding and practicing the right self-help approaches that will help boost your endorphins. And we talked about endorphins last week. Never settle for a life filled with stress when there's something better waiting for you. When you can really do these things, this thinking about who you want to be, who you want to grow into, taking care of your mental and physical self, those things all contribute to making your life less stressful. And it's it's also less stressful when you kind of know, okay, this is really where I want to go. And This is important. Putting yourself first, putting your partner with you, getting on the same page, all those things are important. So I wanted to talk about improving your stress level today because I think that that's a very significant thing that you can do is to become, help you become less stressed, is to know where you're going and to take care of some of those things. So that's all on that subject. Today we talked about the caregiver guide that's coming out in the next, um, before the end of April. Now I'll say, um, number two, we talked about the anemia book that just released and I just talked about improving your stress. And so I want you to go and have a great week and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you enjoyed it, I would appreciate it if you shared it with a friend or someone who, you know, would be, um, helped by listening and let them know about it and post it on Facebook or whatever you can do. But just share it with a friend that you think would help. And join the email list if you haven't been on it. And I look forward to talking to you again next week. Thanks so much.
You've been listening to the Renal Diet Headquarters podcast. Head on over to the website at www.renaldiethq.com slash go slash email to sign up for our email list and get exciting updates every week on what is happening. Thanks, and we will talk to you again next week.